Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, today I'm here with Derek of Slander. What's up, guys? Where were you born? Um, I was born in Arcadia in California. Mm -hmm. And then um, I grew up in Glendora, which is like a little bit east of there and yeah. then um, yeah I went to college in Orange County at UC Irvine and that's mm -hmm. where I met Scott and everything so yeah what were you into back then as a kid like before all the music stuff um I've been doing music for a really long time like even when I was a little kid and stuff so oh. like I would do like musicals and like sing in church and oh really you're like a singing kid plays and, and stuff and um yeah like was in choir and and all that stuff so like I've just been doing music since I was really really young and um, it just got to the point where I was like 13 years old 14 years old and I just mm -hmm. kind of felt like my parents were like making me do music and so oh. they just kind of stopped doing it yeah and uh, I kind of in high school I was just like always the kid who was just like looking for new music all the time and I never really realized it until now what I was like actually doing right but I was just you know, building my taste and mm -hmm. and growing like in inspiration and stuff. And then, yeah, and then high school, I was like super into like hip hop and rock and, and yeah, I mean, all my friends, like we just listen to hip hop all the time. Are your and, parents musicians or? Um, like my mom played piano for us mm -hmm. when we were kids and stuff, but like not like professional musicians or anything. How would you describe yourself like back then, your personality? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I was definitely way more shy mm -hmm. than I am now, but I think I still am really shy yeah. now, so it's just, <laughs> I think I've gotten over, like, certain fears about, like, you know, just about myself and, like, mm -hmm. you know, do I know what is cool and and should people, like, yeah. trust me with what they listen to and mm -hmm. shit like that and, and, um, what helped me really get over all that was like going to Icon Collective, which was like a music school I went to after college. Mm -hmm. And it was in Burbank, and that's where I met Nightmare. He was in my class. And um, we just became best friends through that experience. And, and um, yeah, Icon changed my life. It like, yeah. taught me how to be a producer and taught me how to get over all the little shit that doesn't matter. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's what it takes to be a creative person. It's yeah. just like rider's block just stems from fear so if you can get over all your fears you could be a creative like all day every day and like the ideas will come as long mm -hmm. as you're not scared so what kind of subjects were you into like back in high school were you just like uh, was music your favorite subject um no i mean i never really studied music in high school so mm -hmm. um yeah definitely like history and science and shit oh yeah i was like yeah i was like really into science and where do I just you love get learning that about from? Um, I don't know. I just as a kid, like, I just love like science shows and like science kind of shit. It was just like interesting to me to like yeah. learn about how things work. <laughs> <laughs> what careers are your parents in? Um, my dad has his own like commercial plumbing business, so he does like builds plumbing for like hospitals and hotels and shit. And mm. then um, my mom, she used to have a like a craft store kind of like michael's but more of like a mom and pop kind of style one mm -hmm. and then now she like works for my dad but um did they push did they push you academically or were they just chill with you whatever you did yeah i mean they were definitely like helped me and 
Um, yeah, I mean, I got like pretty good grades or whatever in, mm -hmm. in high school and college, and school was like usually pretty easy for me. Um, but yeah, I was I was blessed. <laughs> I mean, when I look back now, like like I remember when I was in high school, like I would always be excited for Tuesday to come because that mm -hmm. was the day that iTunes like dropped new music every single oh. week, and I just like looking back on it now, it's just yeah. Like, I was just always that kid who was just like looking for new music and mm -hmm. you know obviously that can progress like into being a tastemaker or a DJ or whatever mm -hmm. and you know I just didn't know what a DJ was back yeah. then and didn't know like what I was really doing and um and stuff but mm -hmm. I was just always that person. <laughs> what kind of music did your parents play in the house when you were growing up? Um my dad was like in like 90s rock and um and yeah I mean we used to like go to like Lake Havasu a lot when I was a kid and so my dad would like play that stuff like in the boat and um, just more like alternative kind of rock kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you graduated high school and studied, was it pol political science? Yeah. So I did UC. poli sci and UCI and I was super, I mean, I'm still I'm kind of into politics and yeah. stuff but it's just one of those things is like once I learned about it and did my major in it, like I for sure realized it was not what I wanted to do just because like a lot of the systems you learn about are like super unfair mm -hmm. and like like I took an elections class and that was like that's what like really opened my mind about how things are like put into place instead of people actually voting it's just like things are arranged so things happen yeah. a certain way and like people's voices are like basically they design certain elections so people's voices are impressed yeah. purposefully and like there's just and so, like, when I learned shit like that, I was just like, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, even if I'm a good person and people support me, there's still, like, these barriers mm -hmm. of power and, like, corruption that keep good people from getting into these, like, yeah. spots where they can change things because nobody wants things to change who mm -hmm. are already in the system. It's just, like, they just want to keep getting paid from their sponsors or their lobbyists or whatever. And I just wouldn't want to go into politics with like a good heart and a good mind and then just mm -hmm. be changed into like the monster that yeah. most politicians are. How far on did it click to you like sophomore year or after you graduated? Um, yeah I mean it was probably like junior year when I started taking like the more in-depth like classes and stuff but yeah it's just a bummer just because there are like a lot of people who have good intentions and then they get into like that industry and then mm -hmm they learn the real behind the scenes yeah. kind of thing that's going on and then I mean even if you look at things now it's just like there's only like a handful of senators who are like really trying to do good things for the people mm -hmm. instead of just take kickbacks and yeah stuff. so it's just the system's so ingrained it's just like it's hard for one person to do anything it's more of like you need like general population like people like us yeah not politicians to like really do stuff mm-hmm do you use your like social media and voice to do much about it now um it's just one of those things just tricky it's just like I speak when I have to and then mm -hmm. you know it's 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 interesting it's just because it's just like music it's like everyone has their own individual taste it's the same with politics it's like you could be super far right you could be mm -hmm. right you could be middle you could be mm -hmm. <laughs> like middle right you could yeah. be like it's just there's such a wide spectrum of people's, like, beliefs on issues, and there's so many different issues. It's just, for you to say one thing, 
and for it to like not affect all these other things that yeah. people believe that's the hard thing it's just mm -hmm. because people don't just believe one thing people believe lots of things so yeah. it's just it's very tricky and like I did like like I think there's something when like Trump was like mm -hmm. just like joking about using nukes on Europe mm -hmm. and I like had to write something about that because yeah. like you know, Europe is our closest ally for the last you know <laughs> whatever like <laughs> yeah. 50 years or whatever and for him to even joke about like bombing the people that supported us like in yeah like World War II and like got us through some of the hardest times like in the history of the world like that's just like it's unspeakable and I had to say something but mm -hmm. you know that's that's like one of those things that crossed the line for me yeah. just like you just can't joke about bombing people who helped us like mm -hmm. it's just like messed up yeah <laughs> what do you think about the whole like Twitter EDM beef thing my whole thing is whatever you put out into the world is what you're gonna get back Mm -hmm. someone says something bad to you, say something bad back to them, more people are going to say bad stuff to you. So it's like, for me, like I just live my life like I'm like water. Mm -hmm. Just let everything flow yeah. through me, good or bad. Like, no reaction is the best reaction. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, that's just what I feel. And it's just one of those things, like, when you say something, you speak it into the world, you create energy. Yeah. And... Everything's just a reflection. Like, if you say something, it's exactly going to come back exactly the same way you said it. Mm -hmm. Either at another time, through another person, or through more people. And so, like, I only choose to, like, put out positive energy, no matter what. Yeah. And even if someone is saying bad things about me, you just let it go through you. Mm -hmm. Instead of, like, creating res more resistance. Like, the world doesn't need more resistance. doesn't need more people fighting doesn't need more rocks like it just needs mm -hmm. people to like not react with negativity yeah like don't react with to negativity with negativity yeah it doesn't solve like anything um but you know people once again people believe many things yeah <laughs> have many opinions and you know a lot of people have a very very strong ego that forces them to say things forces them to defend themselves when really you know we're all the same like there's no really like real distinctions on what's inside of all of us you know mm -hmm. so if you can see past that and see that every single person on earth like is your brother and sister and every single person on earth has a piece of god inside them whether you want to believe it or not like you're putting out negative energy to another like god being like that's just not a good idea yeah <laughs> and that's just what yeah. I, mm -hmm. I feel. What made you want to join? Was it Sigma Kappa? Kappa? Yeah, it was Kappa yeah. Sigma. Oh, Kappa so Sigma. Me and Scott are like in the same. We were in the same fraternity, and yeah. And even before we were DJs, like we were just homies. Like we just went to shows and yeah. and raised with our friends, and we had a really close like knit squad who went with us, and yeah. And then. What made you want to join a frat? Um. I just knew I kind of always wanted to do it, just um, just based on like other people's experiences. Like, I just always heard, you know, the friends that you make mm -hmm. in the fraternity are like the ones that will last for your whole life. And and um, I feel like as an adult, it's like kind of hard to keep your friends close. But like doing the fraternity and like 
having this like bond with these guys that I don't have with other people, it's like enabled us to stay friends for a lot longer and like I'm still friends with like all of them and yeah. and like our VJ Kevin is like my best friend from the fraternity as mm -hmm. well. You know, Scott's from it. Um so it's just cool to like have these lifelong friendships when you know, being adult, like a lot of your friends, I like, kind of fall away. Yeah. If you don't keep up mm -hmm. or whatever. Were you already putting out music before you met Scott? No, no. I mean, we weren't even DJing. Yeah. So we were just going to shows, and then, like, I was collecting music, um, collecting like electronic music, and then it just got to this point where I was like, I have enough music, like maybe I could DJ. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then in college, I met Scott and a couple other people who like showed me like electronic music mm -hmm. um like one yeah. of the first people i met in college his name was john gonzalez and mm -hmm. he showed me like armin and david Guetta and and entrance and, and like everything and took yeah. me to like my first rave and um yeah it was really incredible and i was just like super moved by the energy at the event like the first time i went and just how it was like kind of like a judgment-free zone and i never really realized that there was like a place that was like truly like that because like in high school it's like a pretty volatile like environment like people are pretty hostile and like very judgmental or whatever yeah. and Did so you go through that sort of phase like people just I mean I just feel like in high school it's just like that's just how kids are it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of like kill or be killed it's just you know kids are still learning how to be cordial with one another yeah and, like, <laughs> don't have like these other boundaries that like like grown adults have mm -hmm. or whatever so they're just like a little more vicious towards each other and like just unrelenting and so yeah when I went to my first rave or whatever I just kind of felt like wow this is like a place where everyone is nice to each other and no one is judging each other everyone can like do whatever they want like be whoever they want like like it was just it was amazing and yeah. I was super moved and and I just decided I really wanted to like focus my energy on electronic music and mm -hmm. I was just a listener for a really long time I never really had aspirations to like DJ or anything and um, and yeah it just got to the point where I was collecting music again but this time it was electronic music and then I got to the point where I had so much music I was just yeah. like maybe you know maybe I could DJ. Basically I went to go see like I went to go see Armin like in 2000, 2008 for New Year's Eve and then I didn't DJ until Two years later. Oh wow! So then I basically DJed like a fraternity party. I was pledging the fraternity, and I was like, they were trying to find a house to have a party at. Yeah. And I was like, you guys can have a party at my house, but I want to DJ. Yeah. And then uh, were you guys I did it? Yeah. And I was just doing it solo. And um, after the party, like a couple of my friends like came up to me and told me I did a good job. So I was like. Either I have really nice friends, or I'm like kind of <laughs> oh good God. at this. But either way, it's like a positive thing, regardless. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. And um, then the second time I ever DJ was with Scott, and then just we just kept doing it together after that. How did you teach yourself DJ? Was it like YouTube or friends? I would just listen to other DJ mixes, like, oh, and wow. then try and replicate them. Yeah. With my own songs, and uh, yeah, it was really tricky at first because like. I used to listen to like trance a lot and mm. like their mixes are like you can barely hear them happening <laughs> so like I think that's what <laughs> kind of made me like pretty technical um, just with transitions and stuff just because with trance 
like it's supposed to be like one piece. Like yeah. you can't hear the separation between the songs basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would just listen to like a state of trance every week and listen to trance around the world every week and just kind of hear what they were doing and how they were switching between the songs and then like when I would go watch DJs or whatever, but I never really took like a DJ class. Yeah. It was more of just me like messing around on my laptop or you know, I finally bought like a controller, like a tractor controller. Yeah. And just messing around at home by myself and just making mixes too. I used to we we used to do like mixtapes. Um like one every week, like a two-hour mixtape. Oh, wow. And so we did that for, I did it for like 15 weeks or something. And so just doing that too, like made me like learn so much. Just forcing myself mm-hmm. to sit down and do a two-hour mix every yeah. single week. And, and it wasn't in Ableton, it was like a, like I would just record myself for two hours just mixing live. Yeah. And so a lot of the times I would like do the whole mix and then get to the very end and then like mess up. And then have to do the whole thing over oh, again because it's just like a one take kind of yeah. thing. And so I think that really like yeah. I mean, I was just forcing myself to practice without knowing mm-hmm. it. And, and, and when uh, you graduated, you started doing like DJing full time, right? When I graduated, we were just—I mean, we were just local DJs in college, like just doing club shows and um, like in Orange County and LA and San Diego and sometimes in Vegas. And then um, yeah, when I graduated, I started working for my dad and. Um, yeah, I just, I really realized then, I was like, I need to figure out how to, like, make this yeah. into a career. Because I really, you know, I love music so much, and so I was like, I need to figure out how to make a song, because I don't know how to make a song. And I just got into, like, some producer groups on Facebook. And oh. I met Keizo in there, like, it was back in, like, 2012, 2011. Mm-hmm. And, like, Cisco, like, we were all friends, like, way back then online just trying to like help each other and share each other's songs and and stuff and uh so i like got a mentor someone who knew what he was doing his name was jacob and i would just go to his house like every other night and i would just watch him on able like watch yeah. him use ableton for like eight hours and so i just did that for a while and then um and yeah and then i met i met Kazo online and asked him to do a song and then he he actually showed me icon for the first time so I went to go do the song with him and it was at the old Icon building and I just remember when I walked in the door there was like a lobby and there was like a bunch of couches or whatever and there was like 10 kids in there just on their laptops with the headphones just working (laughs) not not talking to each other and I was just like this is the spot I need to be at like Mm -hmm. I never knew like something like this existed where it was just a school just for electronic music and just for people who wanted to DJ and stuff so I thought about it for like a year and just like got up the courage to like tell my dad I don't want to like do like I don't like I appreciate like all the opportunities you've given me but I mm-hmm. want to do like music and I want to go to this school and try and do you know try and make this happen and so it took me a year to like get the courage to kind of ask yeah. him and tell him that. Was he receptive? Yeah and he was yeah. super supportive That's and cool. wanted me to do it and um, so then I went to Icon and met nightmare and and uh yeah <laughs> do you think you're you wouldn't be able to get where you are now if it wasn't for icon um i think icon was just definitely like a lightning bolt that mm-hmm. like, just struck me and um just because the things i learned there yeah like actually changed my perspective on life oh wow not just like not just taught me how to make a song 
and what did you learn there well just the just like the letting go of fear kind of oh, thing. okay just because you know when you're a young producer and you haven't put out music you're basically just scared of what people are gonna think because you haven't put out music you've never seen people's reactions before you don't know what your sound is there's just like all these what-ifs that create fear mm -hmm. and writer's block and like oh I need to make a song like this I need to make a song like this I need to make a song that sounds like this I need to make a song that sounds like this person and so I had all that inside me until I went to Icon and then there's a class at the end of it it's called Art of Flow and it basically just tells you to like just not be scared of anything because there's really no reason to be scared mm -hmm. you know all your fear stems from the fear of death and so if you can like get over that then you can get over like any fear um, yeah and so once I was able to like just get past all that shit then you know I was like I want to make music for myself like I don't want to make music for other people anymore mm -hmm. and um, that's when I like came up with Heaven Trapper like our style or whatever and it was just because like I was super into trance music and at the time I was super into like trap kind of space stuff and so I was like I want to make a trans trap song and, and like in my head that was always like wow that sounds like a terrible idea <laughs> but I was like I don't care about that voice in my head that's telling me it's a terrible idea yeah I want to make it because that's the kind of song I want to listen to mm -hmm. like I want to make it for me and what was your idea behind like why you want to do heaven trap I mean like a lot of DJs now want to be like journalists and like not have a certain label yeah. but then I feel like you guys have like pushed like we want to be labeled What's the reason behind that? Um, just to stand out. Yeah. If everyone's genreless, then everyone's the same. That's, I mean, you know, we obviously play like a lot of different genres in our sets. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that you, unless, you know, you have a brand that's completely like outrageous, that stands out from everything, your music has to stand out. Or else you're just kind of like lost in the sea of, everyone doing the same thing yeah <laughs> so and for me like the things that really like influenced me and like pushed me to do this was just like the moments that I had at shows just like watching above and beyond and like crying in the crowd to like super emotional song and mm -hmm. like being there with your friends and like all of you sharing this moment together like this super like spiritual like emotional kind of moment and that's like the moments that I want to give to my fans. So I was like, I want to take this kind of like trance, super emotional vibe and just infuse it with bass music. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to share these moments that I experienced in the crowd like with our fans. And I just knew how much it changed me and like affected me positively. And so that's why I chose that kind of music. Yeah. And what, was there like a turning point when you started from being just like local DJs to like how big you are now? Was there like a s specific event you played or someone who put you on? Um, it was more like when we did the We Like to Party remix with Tyler, with mm -hmm. Nightmare. I think that was the turning point for all of us. Like, yeah. Even for him, because that was his first song and it was our first big song. We had to put out a couple tracks before that, but none of them had gotten like over 50,000 plays and Damn. we put out that song and it got like 300,000 plays yeah. in the first week and then like a million in the first month and we had never seen shit like that so it just went from like zero to like 100 really quick mm -hmm. just with this one song so 
really grateful like people dug it yeah <laughs> like it just clicked and and I still love playing that song we like play it as our second or third song in every single set and yeah. it just goes off still and it's just something I made in 2014 which is crazy that it's just kind of still works <laughs> <laughs> yeah um last question what do you want to be remembered for um I just want to be remembered for making people feel good and have good times and like through my music like like that's the one thing they ask you at Icon it's like the first question they ask you in the interview when you're oh, like wow. applying is what do you want people to say at your funeral damn <laughs> and so when they first asked me that like I didn't know the answer and basically it's they just trick everyone they like ask you that obviously no one has thought about that unless mm -hmm. you're like I don't know super deep or yeah. something <laughs> and so they're like go home super deep like take as much time as you need like just figure out the answer to that question it's so important to know like the finish line of your life because then you know where you should go yeah um so I thought about it and I was like I want at my funeral, I want people to say I made them feel happy through my music. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I want. Yeah, I and, love that. Um, yeah, I'll be completely satisfied with that. Sometimes you don't realize what you do as a DJ mm -hmm. until you like meet the people in person. And like we did a we did a meet and greet at our pop up shop in oh, LA, wow. and we had never done a public meet and greet before. Like usually we just do it at a festival. It's like 10 to 15 people get chosen and stuff. Oh. And so this is like our the first time we ever were like we're gonna be here at this time. Anyone can come. And um, like 2,000 people showed up. That's crazy. Just to, like, yeah, I think I saw the lines. Come to the store <laughs> and like meet us and stuff. And you know we were planning on doing the meet and greet for like an hour and a half, and then we were just gonna leave. And we just started doing it. And there's just like more and more people, more and more people, more and more people. And we're like we and the best thing about it was. You know, these people have been waiting for like five or six hours, right? And That's so they come crazy. into the store. There's like a little line in the store of like the people who are about to like meet us. And I'm like, right when I'm like, or when I'm talking to like the people who it's their turn, like they're so excited, so excited. And I just like look at the people who are like waiting in the line and they just have like this look of just like, fuck my life, I've been waiting for five hours. <laughs> but then right when it's their turn to like come meet us, it literally was like a 180 like shift on their face like on their body like in their attitude and like just this like fire went in their eyes Damn. when it was their turn and I saw that happen like 2,000 times in 2,000 people's eyes just like like it was Christmas morning like meeting us and I was just like how did I do this like Damn. to people or just like affect people like positively for them to like have this reaction when they're meeting me and it just made me realize that you know, we are literally putting positive energy into other people. Like, that's our job. And yeah. I, I, I would never want to do anything else other than that. Yeah. So. I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> no Bye.